Well, hello and welcome to the CSF Monthly Podcast for October 2021. Where is this year going? This podcast aims to keep you up to date with the latest information and data in the field of rheumatology. The papers I'm going to discuss in today's podcast are both focused on safety aspects of rheumatoid arthritis treatments, and in particular, the risks that may be associated with reactivation of viruses in patients and specific therapies. I'm going to focus first on herpes zoster. It is well established that people with rheumatoid have an increased risk of developing herpes zoster, and that the therapies we use to treat this disease have also been associated with increased risk. To help build on our current knowledge base of the different uh, risks between treatments, Dr. Redeker and colleagues use data from the German Rabbit Registry to compare event and incidence rates of herpes zoster in patients with RA treated with a whole range of different uh, DMARD variants. Now, the second of today's paper is also virus focused, but this time we're taking a look at the reactivation of hepatitis B, common viral infection in humans. Um, note particularly that hepatitis B is endemic in a whole number of uh, countries, and particularly of relevance here, Taiwan. Uh, there's a whole range of previous studies that demonstrated that RA patients using biologic agents such as rituximab, tocilizumab, might experience HPV reactivation, but there's a need to clarify whether the use of tofacitinib would also lead to this. And to help address this, Dr. Wang and colleagues carried out a retrospective study in a regional teaching hostel in southern Taiwan. By the way, as always, if you want to access detailed summary slides of the papers discussed today, please go along to cytokinesignaling.com. It's a veritable treasure trove of information. So, first paper, risk of herpes zoster jingles in patients with rheumatoid arthritis under biologic, targeted synthetic and conventional synthetic DMAR treatment. Data from the German Rabbit Registry. Well, as I've kind of touched on already, it's well known that people with RA have an increased risk of developing herpes zoster. Uh, increased incidence rates have been reported with TNF inhibitors and JAK inhibitors. Using data from the German Rabbit Registry, this study aimed to compare event and incidence rates of herpes zoster in patients with RA treated with conventional synthetic or targeted synthetic DMARDs or biologic DMARDs. Exposure adjusted event rates of herpes zoster um, defined as the number of herpes zoster events divided by the total exposure time among patients in the respective treatment groups were calculated per 1,000 patient year and adjusted hazard ratios with 95% confidence intervals computed. Inverse probability weights were used to adjust for confounding by indication and data from 13,991 patients, that's 62,958 patient years were analyzed with 559 herpes zoster events reported in 533 patients. So the EAER of herpes zoster was highest for targeted synthetic DMARDs, followed by B-cell targeted therapy, monoclonal anti-TNF antibodies, IL-6 inhibitors, soluble TNF receptor fusion protein, T-cell stimulation modulators, and conventional synthetic DMARDs. Event rates between treatments did not differ considerably, uh, except for higher event rates of serious herpes zoster under B-cell targeted therapy and JAK inhibitors. Using inverse probability weight adjustment, a significantly higher risk of herpes zoster remained under monoclonal anti-TNF antibody, B-cell targeted therapy, and JAK inhibitors compared with treatment with conventional synthetic DMARDs. 
and not entirely unexpectedly, older age female sex and glucocorticoid use uh, was also associated in a dose-dependent manner with an increased risk of herpes zoster. So what do we conclude? Well, these results provide evidence for a 3.6-fold increased risk of herpes zoster associated with targeted synthetic DMARDs and an increased risk of herpes zoster under biologic DMARDs overall compared with conventional synthetic DMARDs. Comparative data and all DMARDs provide evidence for an increased risk of herpes zoster, particularly in the JAK inhibitor space. Higher age and glucocorticoids were also associated with an increased risk of herpes zoster. So this helps us in general practice, regardless of the kinds of medicines we're thinking about. We should be aware of an increased risk of herpes zoster of patients treated, particularly therefore with JAK inhibitors in elderly patients and those in glucocorticoids. Now the second paper, as I alluded to in my opening remarks, concerns reactivation of hepatitis B virus infection in people with rheumatoid arthritis receiving tofacitinib. Background here, well, um, HPV infection is a common problem in humans. It's endemic in Taiwan. HPV reactivation has been a potentially life-threatening complication in people being treated with rheumatoid arthritis. And previous studies have demonstrated that RA patients using biologic agents might experience HPV reactivation leading to acute hepatitis hyperbilirubinemia, and even very occasionally death. So there's clearly a need to clarify whether the use of tofacitinib would lead to HPV reactivation in hep B surface antigen negative, HPV core antibody positive patients with RA. This study therefore aimed to investigate HPV reactivation in people with RA receiving tofacitinib. Key results, well overall tofacitinib could induce HPV reactivation in both HP surface antigen positive and HP surface antigen negative, HP core antibody positive RA patients. And HPV reactivation rate was 33% in the HBS antigen positive RA patients without antiviral prophylaxis, but 3.1% amongst HP surface antigen negative, HPC antibody positive patients. Uh, taken together, tofacitinib would appear to be able to uh, be associated at least with in, inducing HPV reactivation in both uh, surface antigen positive and surface antigen negative uh, HPC antibody positive RA patients. Um, the HP surface antigen positive patients receiving tofacitinib have a high instance rate of HPV reactivation, but this could potentially be prevented by antiviral prophylaxis. And although the risk of reactivation is low in other patient groups, closely monitoring for HPV DNA and alanine aminotransferase should be considered. Well, uh, to view the publications uploaded this month, along with new one-slide summaries for papers, and to access other podcasts and resources, please go to cytokinesignaling.com. It, as I say, is a source of tremendous information. The slides are there for you to use for personal use and for disseminating understanding. And as always, thank you for your attention. We continue to live in these very precarious medical and social times. I hope that you and your loved ones are well. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and let us know what you think by leaving a review. So thank you for your attention to you and all of your loved ones. Safe and healthy times. Thank <laughs> you.